Okay, can you talk at the same time as me, Sophie? You want me to talk? Yeah, right. Are you listening to uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's probably what we sound like to other people. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. We just talk in Simlish. Hi, everyone. My name is Simon Spear, and this is Leah Burke, and you're listening to Super Lit. Great. Nailed it. Um, it's literally a minute in, and we're already the worst. I told you, I can't. I, 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 yep, here I am. Here we go. All right. Um, so uh, I guess first question is, how is how did it feel to uh, read your diary again? I hated it. Oh, my God. It was, no, I loved it. It was great. But I got secondhand embarrassment, but it was firsthand embarrassment because it was me. <laughs> Honestly, I'm literally, I think like a couple of pages in, I'm just like, oh, so this is literally just Sophie. I feel like I joked a lot about the other things I read being like, oh, this is about me. But I'm like 100% serious when like, I feel like this book is just me. It's, it's too, it's too real. But on a real note, my name is Brendan Patrick. We're with Sophie, and you're listening to Superlit. Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBT community. See, I've gotten better at doing that. So this week we are talking about Becky Albertalli's book, Leon the Offbeat, which is the third book in the Simon universe. And this one, I guess, is like a direct follow-up to uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which was turned into the movie Love, Simon. And it's about his friend, Leah. So it's from Leah Burke's perspective. And um, she is an angry little cinnamon roll. Emphasis on the roll. I, it's so weird in this book how often she describes her body weight. I didn't, like when I was reading Simon, it doesn't, obviously it's not about Leah, so it doesn't, I guess it doesn't come up a lot, but like reading it and this, it's consistently brought up all the time, her like body weight issues and how she feels about it. And I, I guess because it wasn't brought up in Simon, I was just like, wow, this is like wild and different. Yeah. Um, I think I also saw the movie before I read the first book. Which wasn't too terrible because I, and while it, it, last while I was reading this one, I wasn't picturing the actors as the characters as much because I think they're described more physically. But I definitely, the actress who plays Leah in the movies is more slim. Though I, I love her a lot. She's, she's not like a little skinny bench. She's, she's got a nice figure. But I do like that they made that Leah is a, uh, a full figured lady. Yeah, it was. I it's funny for me because I saw Love Simon twice, um, 
I think actually brag about it. Okay. <laughs> well, someone took me on a date to see it, and wow. <laughs> uh, but the I remember watching it, and obviously I cried at the same exact times every time, and I'm just like, oh great, so this is just what I do now. Um, it was funny that they picked uh, the actress that they did because I felt like she's like a, like a pretty normal looking person. She's not like super skinny Hollywood girl. I'm like, Oh, this is like a real girl. Yeah. 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 And she has um, like the most fantastic, like big fluffy brown hair in the world. Oh it's my God. Yeah. So good. Uh, I, I love her hair the most. Yeah. She's, she's really, really cute. She really is. And, uh, she would be, I think, the only reason I'd actually watch 13 Reasons Why, because she's the star in that. Um, also, the kid who plays Cal, who is, I always forget this actor's name, but he was also in Parenthood. Oh my god, let me tell you, I still have a crush on that kid. He's a little nugget, I love him so much. He's also best friends with Mae Whitman, who is my... Um, Spirit Hollywood. animal. <laughs> She's a spirit animal and my Hollywood wife. I love her so much. <laughs> I'm imagining Leah when she gets older to be her. Like that's just they they morph into one. Yeah, that that makes sense. But I definitely watched 13 Reasons Why initially because of that one actor and then really liked the girl who is like the main character in that and then she was Leah and Love Simon. I was like, "Oh, this is a happy version of her. This is good. <laughs> it's actually cool to see that she can do things other than uh, really sad acting. And she does a really good American accent because she's actually from New Zealand. Of course she is. And I think I, I heard her accent. And I was like, am I? I'm imagining this because she doesn't have an accent. And of course she does. Um, this is, I love that this is supposed to be about the book and we've just been talking about the actress from the movie of the other book for the last five minutes hi welcome i'm still obsessed with love simon i've watched it twice and i'm dying for it to come out on dvd i'm very excited for it to be out on dvd i don't buy dvds anymore i've stopped buying no exactly i want it too and i don't i don't really have a dvd collection i'm not that person um i would definitely be into having merch from love simon i don't think the last time i bought a dvd was like in college or right out of college. Um, but I'm like, no, I, I want to own this so I can watch it all the time. Um, okay. No, I'm going to connect the threads now. I'm going to be a responsible. I'm podcast. So, I am so excited for you to take the lead on this podcast. Okay. There is one scene in the love Simon movie where I, while I was watching it the first time I was like, okay, the plot twist is going to happen halfway through this is that Leah is also going to be gay because there's a fucking scene where they're all getting ready to go to Hall- the Halloween party together, and Abby walks into like the backyard. Yes, and she's dressed as Wonder Woman, and it's supposed to be like a moment where like Nick is like, "Oh fuck, she looks so good. Oh shit, oh shit." But they like focus on Leah's reaction, and she's like about to like, yeah, she loses her mind. She literally is like, "Okay, I'm gonna go inside now." And it's funny reading this like this portion of her story. That reaction is very Leah. It's very much like her putting up a wall and being like, oh, if I ignore it, it doesn't exist. And it's funny because in the movie, I'm sure they're trying to make it seem like, oh, she's jealous of the way that she looks and like her costume. But it, after reading this, it's very much like her being like, oh, I can't do this. 
Oh, it it definitely reads as a hundred percent like gay. It's yeah. I was like by the end of the movie, it was like, wait, I'm sorry. So is not gay because she definitely is. Okay, so um, this I really liked this book, but I also felt it was too much because it was. I felt so much connection to this fucking character. It was insane. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm I think I'm like uh, maybe like four pages in, and I'm like, uh oh, I asked Sophie to do this. She's gonna feel too connected to this. This isn't good. Well, she like is this like super self conscious like curvy girl who just like is angry all the time and doesn't know why. She like is confident enough that she like understands who she is, but is also like super self conscious about everything about herself around other people. And it's just, like, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I don't think they ever explain uh, in the book. So, also, for those of you who are just tuning into Superlip for the first time, uh, we talk pretty in-depth about the books, but I don't give away the complete ending because I still believe that you should go out and read the books. But they don't, just a little spoiler, I, they don't really ever explain why she's so angry all the damn time. I think it's just because she's a teenager. <laughs> I, that's what I was like, wow, uh, very, because di- the Love Simon book, like, Simon's not this angry, he's literally only ever angry at Martin, and maybe himself, like, that's it, and this is, like, 180, where it's, like, someone going from being, like, oh, super happy all the time, to being, like, I'm pissed off because I don't have, uh, I don't, I, I don't have this thing that I need immediately right now, so I can't do this thing immediately, and I'm going to spiral right now. Yeah, I think um, all of the, like, super heavy emotional beats that happen in Simon's story are more, like, he's sad about something. Yeah. And all of the super, like, good emotional beats in Leah's story is, like, she gets really angry about something. Exactly. Again, it's just, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess there was, like, a plot to this book, probably. Yeah, there's a plot. Um, All right, so... (laughs) Uh, in this book, I believe it takes a place about a year after. So it's now their senior year. Um, I think the movie might've made it seem like it was their senior year. Am I wrong? No, it did. Um, uh, maybe it didn't cause I gotta watch it again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm thinking about it. And, um, I know that with the book, it was their, I think their sophomore or junior year. Now it's their senior year. So, um, let me actually read the book sleeve. I have, uh, so did you do the audible book again? I did do the audible book again. Thank you. Audible for sponsor. <laughs> audible sponsor this. Cause it was really good. <laughs> Maybe one day. All right. So the book sleeve says when it comes to drumming, Leah Burke is usually on beat, but real life isn't always so rhythmic. I'm reading this. I'm like, Oh, too many puns. An anomaly in her friend group, she's the only child of a young single mom, and her life is decidedly less privileged. She loves to draw and is too self-conscious to show it. And even though her mom knows she's bisexual, she hasn't mustered the courage to tell her friends, not even her openly gay BFF, Simon. So Leah doesn't really know what to do when her rock-solid friend group starts to fracture in unexpected ways. With prom and college on the horizon, tensions are running high, and it's hard for Leah to strike the right note while the people she loves are fighting especially when she realizes she might love one of them more than she ever intended. 
Becky Albertalli's return to the world of her acclaimed first novel, Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, in this warm... Mm, <laughs> I definitely worded this wrong, but basically it's like Becky returns to this world. Um, and it's, I, for some reason, thought that this was the third book in the installment because I thought the upside of unrequited was about like it had character. It was like the same universe. Um, is there, yeah. So I've only read or listened to the Simon versus the homo sapien agenda and this one. So there's another one that's like, it has the same characters. So I think Simon just happens to be in the, uh, upside of unrequited. I can't say unrequited. <laughs> it's just like not possible. I think he's like mentioned in it. Um, Oh, she is a former former clinical psychologist. Huh. I did not know that. Um, that's interesting. That's probably why she writes uh, Fury in such a good way. So the book is, like, about things. and The book is about realizing things and just, like, realizing stuff. Um, I'm looking... I took, like, random notes. Like, most of them are just random quotes that I thought were really funny. Um... But I, I'm, like, thinking about it now, and it's, like, as far as, like, plot goes, it doesn't really have much of a, like, like, if I explain the plot, it's not very interesting, because it's very much, like, it's just some kids in their senior year of high school, like, they get into fights, and some of them are, like, dating, and then they break up, and, like, it causes drama, but it's not, like, the breakdown of what actually happens isn't interesting, it's, like, just the conversations and dialogue between the characters that's interesting actually reading the book is like oh okay i see why this is interesting and like why um someone who's struggling trying to figure out like their feelings towards someone uh why that's like pretty interesting Mm -hmm. definitely so leah really loves harry potter (laughs) (laughs) yes she does um i feel like there was like a lot of uh pop culture references a lot of like i guess i haven't read like a book recently that's like a teen novel that has like teen dialogue and stuff in it um because there's like there was one part where one of them was like 10 out of 10 would recommend and i was like i say that i have like my friends say that it's like a thing people say now and it was just kind of like slightly startling for some reason that like things like dialogue and stuff that like people are saying now is like in this book. I don't know. It just seemed like so much more recent than I thought it was, I guess. It's very pop. It's very now. It's very like there are things brought up. Yeah. It's very, it's very hip. Um, I think they like Troy Zavon is brought up and I'm like, Oh, he just, he's like putting out a new CD this year. So it's interesting that like, I feel like this book was written like last month and it was just handed to me. And I feel like I have an advanced copy of it. Because it's it's way too aware. Alright, I'm here to prove why I'm Leah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. So, um, Sophie and I were talking, there's... Not that there isn't a plot to this book, because I feel like that's like a disservice to say, but we were talking before, the events in the book are like very important, so that's kind of like what make up the book. And usually we do like a chapter by chapter, like talking of what's happening... But um, Sophie has some quotes that she wants to talk about. So I tried to take notes, but I ended up most of them are just like quotes from the book that I thought were really funny. Amazing. The first one I have written down is, um, and I believe this is a how Leah is describing herself in the very beginning of the book. Um, it's 
fat Slytherin Rory Gilmore. Wait, okay. Um, that's page three. Lee refers to herself as a fat Slytherin Rory Gilmore after she says her mom's 35 and she's 18. You do the math. Honestly, I read that and that is honestly so fucking funny. It's so perfect. As soon as she mentioned, I was like, I was like, fat Harry Potter reference Gilmore Girls. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I felt uh, shook. <laughs> um, honestly, I wasn't expecting that, but she also compared um, to, 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 uh, the people who, what was it? So the beginning of the book uh, is uh, the girls in the band. They're all together. And um, one of them wants to play Don't Stop Believing. So, like, that's the song they want to practice. And Leah literally compares the, like, oh, well, people really like meth. Should we do meth, too? So she compares Don't Stop Believing to meth. I mean, she's not wrong. I honestly, like, do I like Don't Stop Believing? Occasionally. Do I like meth? No. So, like, I just think that those don't, are not the same thing. <laughs> uh, I, I guess the the Don't Stop Believing is a Bon Jovi song, right? Am I crazy? No, no. it's not. No, it's um, not. It's you, Journey. You just said Bon Jovi. I'm a bon monster. Journey. Bon Journey. It's a Bon Journey song, right? Oh my god, I'm leaving that in. It's not getting edited out. You're fucked. Shit. Um, no, but Way to go, Leah. It's one of those songs where I'm like, fuck that song, fuck that song so hard. But if I'm like, have one beer and that comes on the radio, it's full volume. I'm singing it top of my lungs. So because like, it's what? A mood. Sickening. Um, so, I almost just accidentally deleted all my notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Amazing. That's why I have Good written thing notes. Good button. Amazing. Um... The next note I have is not a, is not a quote, um, but it just says "Wahoo, no fucking labels, confused bullshit." Because Leah is like, "Yeah, I'm bisexual. I'm bisexual. Bisexual people exist." It is like totally. I'm like, oh, every time there's a fucking character in any media where they're like, "I like boys, but I also like girls," but I don't really like labels. But there's probably not a label for that anyway. So like, I don't know. And I just want to like push my face through the TV and scream at them. Yeah, because, you know, in the gay alphabet, there's only gay, lesbian, trans, and questioning. There's no other letters. It's just gay. And there's some lesbians on the side. Everything is gay. Everyone is lesbians. But I was just very excited that that was um, not at all, like, any part of this journey. Like, it's in the first, like, chapter she's just like yeah i'm also bisexual that's chill whatever and my mom knows about it and it's totally fine and her mom the whole book is like oh what about this person but what about this person and she the, her excitement over both is even like it's not her being like oh well you should be with this person or trying to, to like convince her that she's like straight or like lesbian she's very much like oh you like this person what about this one this one seems interesting. Like every option is perfect for her and her mom is so excited about it. And Leah hates it. Yeah. It's, um, fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it is, I just really, really liked it. I also really liked that. Um, this was a lot of like the journey that Leah goes on, um, was about her, like 
coming out to her friends the fact that like this story is focused on like her friends and like how she feels about coming out to her friends is just also very it's just it's a fresh take and i really appreciated it me reading that especially like her the the majority of the book is her kind of like battling like oh maybe now's the time that i tell simon maybe now's the time i tell simon what about now and it's just me reading that i was like oh I can imagine, like, obviously in Simon's perspective, he had a hard time coming out, and he didn't even get to do it himself. It was done for him, and that was taken away from him. But on Leah's end, the entire time she's like, okay, I'm straight passing, but I'm not straight. Like, I don't want anyone to think that, but at the same time, like, they think that, and I'm not doing anything to stop it, but, like, I want to, but at the same time, I'm afraid to do it, and I'm having a hard time doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a lot of, there's a lot of struggles in this book that, again, I was reading it and I was like, son of a bitch, someone stole my life. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch stole my look. She stole my look. Honestly, um, what was it? Prom dress with uh, combat boots? I think the only reason I didn't wear combat to my prom dress is because my mom told me I couldn't. Honestly, I thought you looked really beautiful. I literally have a picture of us at prom on my desktop, and it's one of the only pictures I keep on there, and I think you look very pretty. Oh, we looked really good at prom. You had this really good, like, Brendan Urie emo hair. (laughs) I would have had eyeliner on, too, if I could have, but um, that would have not flown. Oh, my God, it would have been so... You should have worn a dress, and I should have worn a suit. It's the only thing that we did wrong at prom. Well, now we're rectifying it because obviously when we cosplay things, like, I'll be Zelda, you can be Link, because Please. that's not wrong. Oh, thank you. Welcome to our Breath of the Wild podcast. <laughs> but on the topic of Leah having a hard time coming out, the I guess the meat of the story is that she is uh, becoming closer with Abby Suso, who is... Um, Nick's girlfriend from the first book slash movie, and they find out they're both going to the same college, which is, I think, Georgia State University, I think it is. Um, yeah. And Abby is like, oh, let's, like, let's go on spring break together. On spring break together, we can go tour the school. Like, I have a cousin who lives there. We can definitely, like, stay at her place. It'll be fun. And uh, Leah's just like, I don't really, like, know you that well. We're not really, like, friends like that. Every time you talk to me, I feel like I just want you to stop talking to me. And it's like a whole, the whole book is like a whole thing about her feelings towards Abby and how she's like, I don't hate Abby. We're just not friends. And I don't understand why she wants to be my friend. And I just don't really understand why she wants to like spend time with me. The, um, the, I think like the first plot, well, no, no, no. Cause there is, um, there's, the first like real thing that happens is that there's um, all of the students are like, obviously they're like picking out what college they want to go to and like, they're deciding what they, what they want to do. And one of Leah's friends, Morgan makes like a side comment. That's like, Oh, well the only reason Abby got into the school is, you know, and like Leah freaks the fuck out because Abby's black and she's like, okay, so you're saying she only got to the school because she's black and you didn't get in because you're white. And, like, that's, like, a major confrontation for yeah. the majority of the book. The majority of the book is kind of, like, 
it almost seems like Abby and Bram, so the two main people of color in this book are Bram, who is Simon's boyfriend, and Abby, who is Nick's girlfriend. And Morgan actually comes out and is like, well, the only reason she got in is because like of that. And Leah goes off on her and she's like, you're supposed to be like, you think that you're this big ally and you just said something wildly problematic and it's bad and it's a racist thing and you're not apologizing about it. And Bram and Abby are kind of just like, yeah, that's the thing that people think and it's terrible and it's something that happens and it shouldn't be like that. But guess what? It's thought and it's said and it ha- and Abby is just like, this happens to me all the time. People think that I don't like deserve things and I have to perform two times harder than anyone else does because I'm a like a woman of color. And that's actually brought up in the book. Like Abby says that at a certain point and she's like, yeah, this is a thing that happens. And Leah does, obviously doesn't really know how to respond to it because she like agrees with it. But it's interesting that it's something that's actually brought up and it's not just like, Oh, well Morgan said this racist thing and Abby's never going to address it. She actually has like feelings on it. And so the majority of the book, it seems as though uh, Garrett, who is, I guess the other love interest in the book, uh, he doesn't really understand why Leah is like so upset about this. And then there's a girl named Anna who is also like part of the friends group as well. She's friends with Morgan and she's just like, I don't really get why you're so upset about this. Like you're blowing this up to be a bigger deal than it is and later in the book she's like you're upset about this because you don't want to have to say goodbye to people so you think that if you just cut them out of your life you don't have to say goodbye to them when you graduate which is like another huge topic in the book that like everyone's kind of dealing with that they have to say goodbye to their friends but like honestly i'm assuming this book takes place in 2018 uh you don't really ever have to say goodbye to people yeah that's a probably just like a vein that is from the author being a little bit older than the characters they're writing about maybe. Cause it's, I mean, at the same time, like you can still be friends with people on Facebook nowadays or like still be friends. But like, I've also like lost touch with people that like, we, we just don't, we just don't hang out anymore and whatever, but we still like obviously could because the internet exists. Yeah. Um, like you and I didn't go to the same high schools or colleges for that matter. And we still were able to do it. And granted it's because we wanted to. So I think also another theme in the book is long distance relationships. So the whole deal is that, Abby and Nick uh, wind up getting into different schools. Abby gets into Georgia with Leah and Nick goes to a different school. He doesn't even apply to the same school as Abby. So they're having issues dealing with uh, the thought of being in a long-term, long-term, a long distance relationship. And that's kind of a topic that comes up with Simon and Bram as well. And Leah's just like, it's not something that's going to destroy you if you want to actually like make an effort with this person you're going to. And if you don't, you don't like, it's not my thing. And she's kind of like looking at these people in relationships and it's like, Oh my God, you guys, if if you guys want to be together, you're going to be together. If you're not, you're not going to, she's just like looking like in from the outside. And she's like, I don't understand why this is such a huge issue for everyone. Yeah. I have a note written down because there's this, it, 
it's more significant later in the book, but there's definitely like a very strong dilemma that Simon has where he's trying to figure out if he wants to go to the school that Bram is going to go to, or if he wants to go to a different school that he like visited and like fell in love with. And it's like, it's very cute. And it's, it's very much like an issue that you have if you're in high school and you have like, you're dating someone in high school or, or I guess even like in college. And then after you graduate, but I wrote a note down that was like, don't ever pick a college because your fucking boyfriend or girlfriend goes to that college. There should never be a reason that you go to college. But then in all caps right after that I have, but I swear to God, if you break up with Bram, I'm going to end you. Okay. Honestly, yes. Same. Um, I didn't have that issue when I was picking a school. I actually didn't think I was going to know anyone at the school I was going to. And granted, I wound up going to school with one of my, like, really good friends from, from high school. We just didn't realize that we both applied to the same school. But when I'm reading this, I'm like, Simon, I swear to God, if you mess this up because you spiral, I will literally end you. They're perfect together, and it's really gross. And there's multiple occasions where Leah is, like, they, like, because I guess they're all in the South, so they're not, like, very openly, like, PDA ever because there's still, like, two, like, gay teenagers. But um, she'll be, like, looking at Simon and Bram, and they'll be, like, holding hands or, like, like talking closely or something. And she always has, like, the same reaction of, like, oh, my God, they're so cute. Oh, my God, they have, like, the perfect romance. Like, this is, like, love forever, but also, like oh my god please stop it's disgusting like it's so cute i'm so upset by it and i'm like yeah that's this is again me because i'm always like i hate stop it's so gross it's too cute it's too cute stop what are you doing yeah i think um i was kind of jealous of like reading about their relationship because that like what i don't think that was like really an option for me in high school and like reading this i'm like oh my god i'm jealous of teenage fictional characters for like being as wildly like out as they are and for having such like a what's the word I'm looking for like unabashed relationship they're just like in love with each other and like there's a promposal that's based on love actually and it's just like oh that part made me so I was like no this is perfect no this is perfect love actually is one of my all time favorite movies fight me and I, Honestly, would, I was like tearing up. I was like, this is too cute. I'm gonna die. It's so cute. It's so fucking cute. I honestly, like I was reading that and I was like, wow, of course Bram is perfect. They're perfect for each other. It's just like unreal how much they love each other. And I was just like, great, great. Awesome. Fantastic. I'm not jealous of fictional characters at all. Nope. Not, not me. Not even one little bit. Not at all. Nope. There's one part where I'm just like, I have random quotes written down and um, I don't remember where they're from, but there, I have another quote that just can ambiguous social situations kindly go fuck themselves. <laughs> um, honestly, that is so you. Um, I remember <laughs> asking you questions and just being like, thank you for answering awkward questions that you've never wanted to answer ever. And that you're being asked yes it's me um i feel like every time anything happens in this like anytime there's like a party or anything happens the entire time lee is like super self-conscious she like gets really irrationally angry when like 
by just like assuming that people are doing things that they're not, which is like a hundred percent me. Also, like there's a lot of moments where like Abby will do something or say something, and Leah just like will freak out for no reason because she just like in like her inner monologue is just like. Oh God, she's so dumb, straight girl, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my God, can you stop? Can you just like chill for five seconds? Can you chill? She's very like quick to just be like immediately angry at people, which again, like I understand because I act like that sometimes still. I think her immediately jumping to be like, oh, well, like this dumb straight girl doesn't understand anything. I'm like, well, people could think the same thing about you. And like, that's an issue because someone is passing for straight in front of you and technically like Leah's doing the same. And these two characters are the only two um, grant, like given their history that like kind of know like what's going on with the other. And it's very much like you can't just like throw that and like peg someone as something that like, you're not 100% sure they are, but at the same time, like it's so easy to do that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's a lot of frustration while reading this because a lot of the things that go wrong or a lot of the issues that Leah has seem like self-inflicting. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so she puts herself in situations and then like gets angry about things she shouldn't be angry about or like does assumes something from someone that's wrong but like acts on her assumption and it like messes things up and you're just like, no, what are you doing? Obviously this is like not what's happening. Yeah, I think a really good example of that is the way that she kind of talks to her mom about her boyfriend. So her mom is dating a guy named Wells, and he's older than her. Her mom's 35. He's like 40. He's like in his mid-40s. And she asks her mom, she's like, well, why are you even dating him? It's clearly not for his looks. It must be for his money. Like, that's so mean. That is so mean to say. And her mom is like, you would never, ever speak to your friends like this. Why do you speak to me like this? And I'm like, damn, she's not wrong because that's like unbelievably mean to say. And she immediately, as soon as she says it, she's like, oh, I shouldn't have said this. And I feel like as the book goes, she grows to not do it as much. Like she kind of calms down a little bit. But like the initial like fights that she has with her mom or like anyone else in the book are like very hot, like immediately hot. And, like, loud. Yeah. No, she definitely is, like... I feel like there's just so much, um, like, tension internally. Like, just her fighting with herself that, like, any kind of, like, outside factor, have it be, like, something she assumes that someone says or, like, an actual, like, thing that would be, like, maybe slightly inflammatory just becomes, like, immediately, like, world-ending. And she's just, like, either completely shuts down or she's just, like screaming and trying to like fight with people. Yeah. Cause there's a point in the book too, where Abby kind of makes a joke about like never ever going to like hook up with someone like a girl or anything in front of Garrett. And Garrett's like, Oh my God, wait, can you do that in front of me? And of course, Abby's like, not Abby. Um, Leah's just like, of course, like this straight dude, it like thinks that like bisexual people like are only there for his entertainment. And like, of course girls would want to hook up in front of him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, he, oh my God, this is immediately where we're jumping. Okay. And like, I 
understand. Like, I feel like I was like a very angry kid because I was aware that I was different and I didn't know how to address it. So I feel like that's kind of like what you were saying, where her like rage comes from. Yeah. There's also, I feel like I have this problem a lot too, where there's like a balance between like when, so like that moment, like Garrett's obviously making a joke. Like his entire character is very like, he's like, a prankster and he's very like silly and he's always making jokes and he like jokey bro he's a jokey bro he's so cute he's like a really cute character but like he's clearly not trying to be like harmful at all he's just trying to make a joke but like that's actually like an issue that exists in like the gay community as well as like just like the general like view the world has with like any like woman who dates women is like it's intentionally meant as like something for men to see. So it's like, you don't need to bring it to this level. Yeah. It's an issue. Yeah. That is inherently bad, but like Garrett doesn't mean that. And you need to like bring it down a little bit. Yeah. I'm reading this and I was like, okay, like I can see what you're, where you're coming from Leah, but I think Garrett is a, a, a horny teenage boy. And of course the idea of, Two girls he f- probably finds attractive, like, doing anything in front of him is, like, a major thing for him. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't think he meant it to be, like, terrible, but, like, I get it. Yeah, no, she's definitely, like, you're yelling at the wrong person. Like, you need, you, like, maybe you could be like, dude, that's not cool. But you don't need to be, like, freaking out at them. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Because it's, like, extremely aggravating that that is even, like, a thing that exists in the world and i think also because uh how her father like left her and his and her mom alone um i think she has like unresolved issues around men as well um and i think that's kind of evident for like any of his any of her friends that like people are just gonna like leave her and it's gonna be like her fault or like they're not gonna they're just gonna be like well, I guess it's time for me to leave. Like, I don't need you anymore. And I think that's a big thing with her rage, too. Yeah, no, it's definitely, again, like, self-inflicting. Like, she'd rather be the person who, like, ends the relationship and, like, is the, causes the reason that things um, end instead of, like, having someone else leave her. Yeah, for sure. At this point, we can talk about... Um, so the two girls go on their road trip to Georgia university. And I believe at this point, Nick and Abby have broken up. So uh, before she goes with Abby, Simon and Nick kind of, uh, I don't want to say corner her into like saying like, Oh, you should remind Abby how good they are together. Um, and how long distance relationships will work because Simon is starting to think this as well. So this is before everyone's like college visits and Simon still thinks that he's going to be going to school in New York. So he's just like, yeah, just remind Abby that long distance relationships can work and that, you know, they can make it through this because I'm afraid that like prom's going to get destroyed and it's going to ruin our friendship. And I'm just like, Simon, people in your friends group, are going to date and they're not going to date anymore. And it's not going to completely ruin things and things can be normal. If you let it be normal, I'm just like you sweet little cinnamon bun, please allow things to have their natural way. 
Simon is like the perfect but also the worst friend because he's like so supportive and like wants everyone to be really happy and it's just like pure sunshine but then also like just wants all of his friends to date so that they can all like hang out with him together and it'll be great like he's just he's just like really adamant that they all like stay together because he just wants like his little friend group to be like perfect and everyone to like love each other he doesn't like conflict and he just wants everyone to love each other and i get that he doesn't want any kind of problems because he i I think he handles them better than leah like judging from his book to this book he handles problems pretty well he does spiral but it's not as like instant death bad as it is with leah yeah, also, like, when he has his full freakout and, like, world-ending, like, disaster, it's like, yeah, that kind of is, like, world-ending. Like, he has a s- very serious, like, his, the, like, relationship he's been building with this, like, person he doesn't know, like, crumbles, and this, like, other person he, like, kind of trusted, I mean, he didn't really trust R- Martin, but, like, outs him to the entire school and just like it he has to deal with like some major shit and like justifiably like falls apart leah just like freaks out though i feel like (laughs) i feel like we're painting a very like poor picture of her because she's like but she is she's like a very angry character and it's like the more you read the book or listen to the book like the further into her head you get and the more you start to understand it but it's very jarring at first the way she reacts to different situations. And it definitely is because she's like holding this huge secret to herself and she doesn't like know how to share it, especially with these people who have been so open with her. I think maybe, and it's not like necessarily stated that she feels guilty that she's not been open with these people, but especially with Simon, like she goes back and forth about being like, now's the time to tell him that I'm bisexual. And when he gets back from his trip to, um, I think it's Haverford. Yeah, it's the squirrel school. Squirrels! Fear the squirrels. Um, he, uh, he gets excited because he's like, oh my, like I could, there's so many gay people there, I could just have friends that are gay. Like, I would only have gay friends. And I think, like, Leah, if I remember, like, Leah, like, not reacted badly to that, but, like, she like wrinkled her nose at him. That's like a big thing. And I think that especially since she is part of like the rainbow alphabet, if you will, um, if I heard that, I would be a little offended that it's like, oh, I'm not included in your your friend group of gays only. Um, yeah. I mean it's it's like kind of sucks because it's like that situation is definitely like, oh, well, I guess I'm not included because I'm not gay. Joke's on you, sucker. I am. But then it's like, <laughs> are you? Or are you just trying to be in my cool club? And it's like, yeah, it's it's eh, it's so tricky. This is a very kind of, tricky book. Yeah, it's it's so it's very good though. It's it's definitely like if you really liked the first one, you still want to be in that world. Like it's just a completely different perspective, but it's it's very good. Yeah, exactly. And um, back to the two girls, they're both going up to Georgia and not Georgia, not to Georgia. They're in Georgia. Um, They're going up to the university. Um, While they're there, there's like a huge breakthrough with Abby and Leah and it's uh, Abby and Leah both go to a party and 
Uh, it's pretty cool because Leah actually kind of gets into like a tryout for like a college band. And uh, that was really cool to see that she feels like most comfortable when she's doing musical things. She's like the most confident at that point. She's an illustrator, but she's like not confident in that. But when she's doing like music, she feels more confident. She might not say that she is, but she's like really into it. She knows that she's good at it. And she's like, I guess she, she impresses these people that she's trying out for the band with. And afterwards, um, there's like a part with Abby and Leah where Abby's like, tell me who you like. And Leah's like, trick question. I hate everyone. And Abby's like, okay, well, who do you hate the least? And Leah's just like, I don't really want to answer this. And she's like, okay, then you have to do a dare. Like they're almost doing truth or dare. And Abby's like, I dare you to kiss me. And I remember like, that's how that chapter ends. And a lot of the chapters in this are weird to say cliffhanger esque, but for me reading them, like I obviously put the book down every so often. Like I was like, Ooh, I feel like I need to start reading that next chapter because it's like something I need to read. But reading that, I was just like, damn, she just like went there. And that kind of starts an issue too. Um, yeah, that whole scene, I was like, fuck shit's about to get real. Um, we, we go and get some gay girl kisses. It's going to be great. I'm so pissed off that this is a fucking cliche ass like truth or dare kiss style because I was I was like no don't let this be the thing that it's happening fuck it happened ah shit it it happened I was so mad that it's such like a cliche like um like gay girl straight girl because yeah, Abby straight girl in quotations um like moment to be like, I dare you to kiss this other person, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. And so it's I, almost like, I don't want to say like Abby is like gay bidding this person because she thinks at this point, she thinks that Leah is also straight and she quote unquote straight, I should say. And she's like, Oh, well I feel like things towards you because the kiss happens. And then there's like, kind of an argument and Leah's just like, why would you fuck with my head like that? Because I'm not straight. And Abby's just like, Oh, I like, I didn't know. And that, like, that's the whole issue. Like the whole issue here is that Leah hasn't found the courage to like come out and say this thing to her friends. So they don't know. And Abby thinks it's just like two girls having fun and gals just being pals. And, she like asks her friend to do this thing and she doesn't realize that her friend has feelings for her. Yeah. I think that, that once that happens, it's like a point where the tone shifts and it like redeemed itself from being like, Oh, this is a really dumb cliche thing to happen. And then Abby's like, Oh, it's fine. We're just two straight girls. And likely is like, Oh, I'm not straight. And Abby immediately is like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, realizes what's happening realizes that like everything that she's like just did was like not okay because she like understands how Leah like works and is like oh no this is a bad thing now because she's gonna think I'm just being like a dumb straight girl yeah and it's funny because I guess for the next like um do 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 it's like the next 10 chapters it's basically Abby just being like, fuck, 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 I did something wrong. And she tries to redeem herself, and it's just like, no, not so fast. And it's still like, fuck, I messed up. Like, how do I fix this thing? 
it's also um, because everything is from Leah's perspective. You're just kind of assuming that Abby is like, oh, I'm sorry, fucked up. And then just kind of is like, well, it wasn't a big deal, whatever. Meanwhile, like literally anytime Leah sees Abby, she's just like tormented and is like <laughs> realizing that she's like the reason that she's like so uncomfortable around this other girl and like has have been having all these like weird emotions is because she's like really likes her. Which is, like, a whole thing. And she's like, oh, that's what that means. Which, like, I'm going to just keep saying this because it's it's too real. But, like, I feel like that's happened to me before. I'm like, I understand what's going on. I don't know why this person, like, makes me so uncomfortable. I don't know what's going on. And then, like, I just have, like, a, a lightning moment where I'm like, oh, fuck. I think you're talking about me right now and how attractive you think I am because... Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, that was the one thing I didn't like about the movie was that they tried to make Leah have an, a, like a more adult crush on Simon. And in the books, that didn't happen. But in this book, she's like, yeah, I had a crush on him when I was like a kid. So like now I just look at him and I'm like, wow, I love you so much. You're perfect. I'm really glad that they said that, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I had, like, a crush on him in high school. It's like, no, you guys are friends, and I think, like, that's, you both know that. Yeah, definitely. There's a really, really sweet moment that happens later on, um, and, like, Simon doesn't know what's going on, and he just, like, knows that Abby's, like, really upset about something, and she invites him over to her house, and he, like, is all confused and stuff because he, she doesn't invite him to her house very often. Yeah. Cause um, her family is not really well off and everyone else in this book, except I think except for Abby is like really well off. I think, I think she still is, but like her parents are divorced. So it, that's like the thing that's like a little weird that she's like kind of embarrassed to have people over. Yeah. Um, but there's just this really fantastic moment where they like, talk and then they just kind of like lay in the bed together and they have this like fantastic like we're friends and we're just enjoying each other's like physical presence and Leah just like talks about like how much she loves Simon and how he's like such an important person to her and that was like just a very very good sweet moment it was very wholesome and apparently she thinks that she doesn't say it enough so it was actually kind of cute to like get that uh that aspect yeah 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 definitely so I feel like we should talk about prom and I think that's it. Cause I feel like we can't obviously. So the, <laughs> this book is almost exactly what Leah says. Like most high school things are, it's almost like a cliche, if you will. So the end of the series ends with prom night because obviously every high school movie has to end with prom. There's some kind of like choreographed number. There's like, you know, like really like, gross kissing and everything that she says is going to happen happens. And it's just like, Oh, so this is a high school movie, but Leah gets, uh, she goes to prom with Garrett. So Garrett is like the other quote unquote love interest in this book. And Abby is the other one, if you will. And Abby and Nick's like relationship ending kind of hits like a head at this point because Nick is making out with Taylor uh, the other girl in like uh, the play group and it's just like terrible and it's gross and um, Leah has some like really funny commentary on that that they're going to get married when they're older and um, like 
Abby sees this and like runs away because it's like during a slow dance moment. So she and Garrett are dancing and Simon and Abby are dancing. And then Nick right next to Simon and Abby starts making out with Taylor, which is like, I'm reading this and I have secondhand embarrassment. Like I'm reading this and I'm just like, wow, gross, terrible teenagers being gross. Yeah, pretty much. I think I really liked Garrett's character because like, obviously the whole book you're like oh as soon as as soon as like you hit the shift in the middle where you like start to see that like leah has feelings or abby you're like oh no i want that to happen but garrett is like just a really sweet nice guy and he never has a moment where they like try to make him seem like a dick so that you like don't feel bad for him if like he doesn't end up with leah like he just stays like nice the whole time and he like is never like He's like a dude bro, but not like a dude bro. He's like a like a yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 He's yeah. just like he happens to be like kind of a dork. Everyone in this book is secretly a dork. Have you noticed yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. Which I is, don't understand it. Wait, there's a part at prom where they're Leah's talking about Simon dancing, and I think she oh describes him as like a full-on Muppet or something. He which literally is, she said, wait, okay, I have it. So she literally describes him as like a full blown Muppet, the way that he's dancing. And it's unbelievable because she says, and Bram's much worse. And I'm like, holy shit. Everyone here is a dork. It's perfect. It's so good. I love, I love it so much. Um, but I love that Garrett is like very sweet to Leah and he like clearly really likes her. Um, but he never does the thing where, um, He's like, you're really pretty, you know, for, like, a big girl or anything like that. That never happens, and I'm so happy because at prom, so if you have the physical copy of the book, I think it's probably in the Audible version, too. The cover is Leah drinking out of, like, a. it looks like a a to-go coffee cup wearing a yellow floral dress, and her hair is, like, done up, and she has sunglasses on. And you find out that this is the prom dress that she picks out. And he is just, like, so... When Garrett sees her come out of the house, like, in this dress, he's like, oh, my God, you look amazing. And he doesn't stare at her boobs. Yeah, I think she says he's, like, looking at her face and not her boobs, which is so fantastic. There's, like, a there's like a part in, like, right before they go to prom where it's, like, a very... It ends up being, like, a very sweet moment between Leah and... Um, what's the guy's name? her mom's boyfriend oh wells. wells wells i literally just finished this this morning i can't remember we character's both finished name. this like hours ago <laughs> um she is like after she gets her prom dress she realizes that um she's not a bra that'll fit with the dress so they have to like go to target last minute but then the car is not working so like they have to get wells jumps to the car so he goes to target with them and then she like has to like incidentally go bra shopping with him but like i'm so mad because like what I don't know a single person who would like a single girl who would buy a dress and be like, Oh, I need a like a bra with this. I'll get it later, whatever. Just like and just not That's even not think how about that it. Works. I honestly it was so funny that this was legit like a huge mental breakdown for her. She's like, I don't have a I don't have a bra for this dress. Um, I guess I'm not going to prom. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. She like takes something and spirals, and her mom even says to her, She's like why can't you let things be imperfect? Like you have to just chill out. Like you have to let things suck. 
Though, to be, like, I mean, not that she shouldn't go to prom, but to be fair, she gets to Target, she realizes she doesn't have a bra, she realizes she never bought shoes, and she doesn't have a purse. And I'm like, did you literally plan anything? Like, what is happening? And I feel bad because she doesn't want to buy things because they're expensive, and she doesn't have a job, and her mom doesn't have a lot of money. So she's she's very frugal. And you see this throughout the book, like, when they all go out to, like, get food and, like, dinner, she usually doesn't, like, get dinner she'll get like a small thing or just like a soda because she doesn't have money to spend like that and all of her friends do and it was interesting to see like that kind of like dynamic where i think someone asked taylor asked her if she's on a diet because she doesn't order food when they all go out for like uh, i think at the waffle house and she's like yeah uh fat girls cannot diet like that's a thing that can happen sometimes and wells actually winds up like pointing out a purse it's a gold cat purse and he's like, this is cool. And she's like, yeah, it actually is pretty cool. And he's like, I'll get it for you. And she's like, no, don't. I'm going to go look at bras. Like, leave me be. And he gets her the purse. And he's like, listen, I didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. And I understand that, like, getting a gift feels terrible sometimes. But I wanted to do this for you. And I really didn't want to have the argument. So I hope that you'll take this. And it's, like, kind of cute because she's like, oh, you were like me growing up. Like I thought you were just some rich like dick. And he's like, no, I, I wasn't. And it's cool that like, I guess like that little like thread is tied up. Like the relationship that she has with Wells gets a little bit better because she is so mean to her mom about Wells. It's bad. It's really bad. It's like this weird dynamic. That's definitely like, okay. I feel like, I think I feel like the, teenagers in this are written very real because it's like no you're criticizing other people for the things that you are also doing and then you're getting angry at them when they do the things that you also do but that's like very much like yeah that's something that a teenager would do that's like how a teenager would react it's like it doesn't make sense and like half the time they know it doesn't make sense when they're doing it they're still gonna do it that's just teenagers are fucking weird yeah, exactly. That's, uh, I feel like sometimes I do that and it's so easy to do it to just to like jump and judge something and then be like, Oh wait, Ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, definitely. I, yeah, I think there's like a cute moment when, when they're at target and Wells buys her the purse and he just like hands it to her. And he, I think he says something like, well, I knew I was going to try to offer to pay for it. And then you were going to say, you didn't want me to pay for it. And then I was going to offer again. And he's like, and we just, we just don't like statistically have the time to do that right now. So I'm just saving us the time. And I just bought it for you anyway. Like he, he like works it in like that instead of being like, no, I'm just buying you this thing to be like, we just don't have time to argue right now. And I knew we were eventually going to end up here. So I just got you the thing. And it's very sweet. It's very, very sweet. Um, I think that's, the majority of like the book that we can talk about without giving the full ending away. So Nick and Abby, like that thing happens between them. And this makes Abby like run away into like their, their prom is at um, like this nature place. I forget like what, is it, is it a conservatory? Yeah, I think it's a conservatory because it has like an enclosed building that's like nicer. And then I think like when they first walk in, She's talking about, like, the garden has, like, lights everywhere and oh, stuff. Oh, and there's an owl. I think Leah says, insert Harry Potter reference here. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're here to talk about for the next two hours is all the Harry Potter references that are in this book. 
I'm going to bring this back to the movie real quick. And I, cause I don't think it's mentioned at all in actual Simon versus the homo sapien agenda, but there's like a shot of Simon at his desk in the opening when he's kind of like setting up everything. And they like pan over all the stuff on his billboard and he has a little Hufflepuff badge. And it's so perfect. They are and then, very proud about what they are in that book. And she literally, so she describes Abby as a uh, full blown Gryffindor. And she's like, of course, sh- this is what she says. She says, I'm that that Draco in a dreary fanfic where the author le- like decided to abandon the story after four chapters, and it's me, Harry, it's me, Draco, hopelessly falling in love with a Gryffindor. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I feel that so much. She goes on so many rants about like, there's like a point in the very beginning where she complains about someone liking a dubbed version of an anime instead of a subbed version better. And I was like, that's total bullshit. But also I definitely made that argument in high school a lot. Cause I was a piece of shit. Yeah, um, we did. We both did. Hell yeah. Um, there's like a, there, she's talking about something else where someone's like acting out of character and she says something like it's like in a Harry Potter fanfic when someone tries to make Draco like really sweet and endearing and cute. And she's like, no, Draco's a bitch. Treat him like he's a bitch. Like he's a smarmy little asshole. That's just who he is. And you have to you write have him to that own one. It. Draco's a bitch. Own it. Quote of quote of the whole book. I think honestly, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of, the book too is her going back and forth between like good reasons why she should like Garrett, good reasons why she should like Abby, bad reasons for both of them. And I honestly think that reading this book, because we've, we've spoken about a lot of it, but I think reading the book and if you actually get the book, you get a little excerpt. I don't know if they did this with the audible, but um, Adam Silvera and Becky Abertali are coming out with a book together called what if it's us. And it's, I'm very excited to read it because Adam Severa's books are always horribly sad. And by horribly, I mean like I can't put them down and I have to keep reading them, but it's a love story. So it's Becky Albertalli, who is really good with love stories. And it's Adam Silvera, who's really good at re- like wrenching my heart out and just like setting it on fire in front of me. And I can't wait to see how their styles blend. But if you get, the uh lee on the offbeat book you actually get the first chapter of their book together Ooh, okay that was not in the audible book at all it's actually the way the book ends just um like like the literally just like the way it ends not like the plot wise but like the last kind of sentence like the last scene seems like a little abrupt and it was very strange because like the way audible works is like it has like this is audible. You're listening to an audible production, blah, blah, blah. And then the audiobook starts. And sometimes it's like very jarring because they'll be listening to like a really sad, dramatic book and like the ending. And it'll be like, just like very solemn. And then this like very chipper man will be like, this is an audible book, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like very jarring. But like, it felt jarring because the ending was very like, all right, yes, we're done. I agree. And reading it, it's like, the last chapter, so there's 35 chapters, and there's 339 pages in the book. The last chapter is one, two, four pages, and that's like two front back, if you will. Um, or, no, it's actually one, two, three. Yeah, it's three pages, so one back-to-back and then another half page. I feel like, so I think Becky Abertelli said that this was her last book in the series of like the Simon versus universe, but at the same time, that 
it definitely does end abruptly. So I'd be interested to see if, even if a character pops up in a different book from hers, because she's done that, um, I'm interested to see how that works out. Honestly, I would love to have a book from Bram's perspective, because in both of these books, he's kind of my favorite character. And he's like a side character. Exactly. And it's funny because I think she said that she wasn't going to be doing that. That's so rude to me personally. No, and like I get that. It and I can understand, like, especially with like an author like, say, JK Rowling, she's tried to separate herself from those books so many times and it has not worked. And to actually like put it down and step away from it, I can't imagine how hard that is. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, I I'm joking, of course, because like I've she could do whatever she wants. I'm not going to tell an artist what to do, but um, I would love to have more of this like universe from different characters' perspectives because just the difference between this and um, Simon's book was so interesting to kind of like you're in the same world, but it's such like a jarring difference. Yeah, because Simon was very much like as upsetting as like the forced coming out is and like that story is. It's really interesting to see how like still upbeat the book was whereas with this book it's very i don't want to say solemn that's like not the right word it's more somber and it's very much someone being like almost i don't want to say angry with their sexuality but they're very defensive and simon's book wasn't like that but there were parts of it where like simon would explain that like he loved like doing like dressing up as a kid like for halloween like dressing up as a girl or like more feminine Halloween costumes. And he felt like as he got older, he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to give himself away. And it's very much like hiding and not feeling comfortable in your own skin. But like at like Leah does not at all feel comfortable in her own skin and her family, like her mom knows. So it's, it's different in that aspect where Simon had to come out to his family. Whereas Leah, her mom knows and seems to be wildly supportive. Yeah, definitely. It's like a weird, it's like a weird case of, uh, she's very angry and defensive, even though she has like a really good support system. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, I, I really like this book and I like her style of writing a lot. I have her other book, the, the upside of unrequited, uh, I believe is what it's called in full. And I would be interested in reading that as well. I'm the king of like reading books out of order. Um, I read the, I'm admitting that I read the twilight books, everyone. I read the second twilight book first, finished that in like a day, I think. And I literally texted my dad. He was coming back from a work trip and I was like, you need to get me these books. And he was like, okay, yeah. I'm just like happy that you're reading. I literally read the first and third books, and then I was just like, well, this is trash, and I'm never reading it again. I think that's what most people did. I distinctly remember reading them in high school, um, and, like, halfway through the, like, second one or the beginning of the third one, I was like, I just have to finish it. I just have to finish this book. I just have to finish it. I can't not finish it. I already started. I'm I'm more than halfway through. I just have to do do it. it. I can do it. That was me reading those books. Um, no, I really, I think I might want to read her other book because I really like her style of writing. I think she yeah. writes teenagers very well without making them seem like condescending or like annoying. This, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad ways that you can write teenagers, especially if you are a little bit older. Um, 
Yeah, Becky, I keep saying her full name, and I feel like, like I feel dumb being like, Becky Evertelli, Becky Evertelli. But it, I guess her, uh, clinic, her being a clinical psychologist um, who specialized in working with children and teens, um, that I think that maybe gives her like a good insight onto how kids actually are. And I'm reading this, and I don't think that it's like not believable that like adult an adult wrote this about kids, but it doesn't seem like a 95 year old man is writing this book and it's like so out of touch. Like it doesn't seem like that. Like this actually seems like from, it comes from like a place of love that she writes about kids and that she like gives, uh, these kids like stories, if you will. Um, I think her profession actually gave her like a very interesting voice. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Um, I have one last note and it's just another quote, but I think it's, like a very good representation of like the way that she writes her characters kind of um it's after uh i can't remember exactly where it is but it's towards the end and like leah something is happening and leah is getting like very embarrassed and like nervous and anxious and stuff so she's just getting very very flushed and she just says my cheeks are so warm you can grill steaks on them and i think it's like it's such such a perfect line. You can it, grill steaks on them. You can straighten. I can straighten your hair with them. I could give you second degree burns. Yes, it's so good. I'm like, because I feel like that all the time. I feel like I've said things to you, and that like I can see that being your actual reaction to things I've said to you. It's true. My face is already like red just naturally. So if I get like slightly embarrassed or like flushed at all for whatever reason, I get like bright red, and then a pu- immediate. Immediately, people are like, oh, my God, are you okay? Oh, my God, what's going on? Or, oh, my God, what's going on? And then I, like, have a bunch of, like, uh, attention. <laughs> and then I have, like, more attention focus on me, so I get even more embarrassed, and it just escalates. And I just, like, identified with that so strongly. I think you handle yourself better than you give credit for, because you were in a situation the other day with me, and you handled yourself very well. Uh, you know, I try my hardest. <laughs> I think you're a professional model, professional co-host, and professional friend. Oh, thank you. Uh, so am I a full co-host for this podcast now? Can you put me on the um, the info slide and add my... No, I'm just kidding. I can definitely give you the password to the Superlit Twitter. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, Goals achieved. Perfect. Um, all right, so... Uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, we don't give the full ending away in the book. Um, I definitely suggest you go out and read this book, uh, whether it be through Audible or an actual physical copy. Um, I like this book, and I really think that it's a great... I, I Hopefully, there's more. If not, this is like a cool ending to the Simon Versus universe. Um, and I like that someone who was so important to Simon got you know, to have her own voice. And I thought that was a really cool aspect. It was someone who was out, but like not out at the same time. It was a really cool um, and interesting story in my opinion. And I definitely think that this would be a cool book to add to anyone's kind of like summer reading list, if you will. But I definitely think this would be a great addition to anyone's uh, book collection. Aesthetically and just overall. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, um, I'm really glad that Becky actually decided to like dip another, you know, toe into this universe and give us something else because this was really cool and it was very different from Love Simon. It was uh relatable in a different way. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it, yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add. I think you, I think you summed it up very well, actually. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, um, I guess it's time for the end. This is our Harry Potter section. Of- <laughs> okay, well, so now we're going to sort all the characters into the Harry Potter houses. Perfect. I can't wait. Um, but, yes, thank you for hanging out with me today, Leah. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was really fun, Simon. How are you doing at... <laughs> In Philly, are you having a time? <laughs> really weird that he went to Philly. Like it's it's weird. I got so excited because I was like, "Oh no, Simon! You're, he, Philly would destroy him. He's too good. He's too pure for Philly." Honestly, um, he can't go to Philly because it would literally wreck him. And I have no idea where Haverford is and like how close it is to Philly. But um, I hope it's away from the actual city because the city changes you. <laughs> Philly changes you. Philly you makes you a different person. It makes you angry. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it does, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it also helps resolve a lot of issues. I like, I like being surrounded by lots of angry people. I feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. Thank you. for. <laughs> All right. We're done with this podcast. <laughs> I love my giant angry city. Um, my name is Brendan Patrick, and thank you so much for listening to Super Lit. Stay angry. Great. Thank you. (laughs) 